Drone Geeks, welcome back. Brent here with the man, the myth, and the marvel, Will Parker, to break down episode two of Loki. We apologize that we are late, as it's been well over a week since the episode dropped. However, we will be doing better moving forward to get a more concrete schedule in for making sure that we give you our up-to-date Loki recap. I know usually we have the excellent minds of Sam, our Grony Geeks headmaster of ceremonies, and Jeffrey, our host, who you actually all love and enjoy, as opposed to having to listen to me rant and ramble for God knows how long. But we'll do our best to give you a accurate and brief synopsis of everything pertaining to episode two of Loki and what happened in this episode. Because there was, there was a lot of big reveals, there was a lot of stuff if you weren't paying attention that you could just slip right by you and have huge world implications not only for this show but for Marvel moving forward. First things first, Will, what did you think of the episode? Uh, I thought the episode was was great. So I, thought, I like how they came out the gate here in the second episode and dropped some some, some pretty big bombs. Freaking <laughs> as you'll see as we talk more. So about that um, Loki's got some more character development as far as uh, figuring out you know how he how he works, how his mind works, and stuff like that, and what he's trying to accomplish. We get a little bit more on Mobius so about that and. Uh, yeah, I think that it's just it's great overall with how they 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 pace everything. Yeah, I really like that Marvel has literally just thrown off the gloves for the first two episodes because I say Loki's first episode is probably the best opening episode we've seen of their TV series thus far. I think it was better than Falcon, and I think it was better than WandaVision. I think the mm -hmm. second episode of Loki holds up par with. Falcon and Winter Soldier, because the Falcon and Winter Soldier was a strong incline the whole way through. There was really not a letdown from... It was like the first episode was the low point. It wasn't a bad episode. It's just Marvel puts out such a high quality of product now that it's very hard to sit here and be like, oh no, Marvel did this wrong or did that wrong. But this episode was an absolute banger from head to toe. I mean, it got a little slow, like right in the midpoint, but that's where they were establishing what was going on. They were putting a little seasoning, they're putting a little marinade, trying to make sure that the chicken or the turkey, however, um, which personality you have on the show, depending, would say they're cooking up their food to deliver us a hot and delicious episode of Loki. And we got the big reveal of who was behind the scenes of it all. And if at any point in time you've been looking for videos out there for spoiler materials, there's been stuff out there because the first two episodes of Loki was pre-screened by a couple online editors. And for clout, they went out and put out what actually transpired within the episodes themselves to make themselves, you know put a little feather in their cap, be like, oh, I was right about this because so many of us got WandaVision all the way wrong. There was literally so many theories and red strings and Mephisto. Yeah, had to go there. And I had a whole whirlwind of a universe just going on that now looking back has literally no bearing on what could actually transpire. They went hard 90 on me. I had no idea where they were. They juked me in the open field. They were gone. But at the same time, as far as the big reveal goes, 
as they're sitting at the rocks cart, which I believe that's a add-on of the Rocks On Company that was throughout the Marvel Universe that was prevalent through Iron Man 1 in the background on a building and Iron Man 3. I believe Rocks On was the company that held the ship where they had that final battle. Which... Yeah, Rocks On, so that it's been prevalent a lot, lot uh, through Marvel Comics and stuff like that. Like Even in the new Miles Morales Spider-Man game, the main adversary you're facing is one of the companies stuff with rocks on so like that so uh rocks on has just been around and this rocks cart more or less or whatever is rocks mart like this thing was just an offshoot because this is a future timeline so this is just an offshoot of uh rocks on in some way shape form or fashion i really did like that they had the uh, virtual greeter because i feel like that's basically the next step of where we're going with like walmarts and costcos and targets and stuff like well if you want to social distance and all that stuff you're just basically just gonna end up with like a virtual greeter they'll just have like an advanced ai and just leave it at that they'll have something akin to like what miss minutes is because she literally is just an advanced ai because like if you when her interaction with loki at the beginning of the episode you can hear her shoes tap on everything she moves on and it's touching and loki is just like what are you and she was like yeah a little bit of this a little bit of that basically and she was we still don't really understand what miss minutes is to a certain understanding but she has her own spot on the elevator so it's like is she actually physically terra strong there and then like on their little wristbands there's miss minutes as well as her own separate function like that can page you to her which i think was a very interesting thing to add if she's just literally you know this basic ai something like jarvis like is there a physical person to relate to this ai you think i think that something's going on with the, the ai so that i think it's going to play a little bit of a bigger role not exactly sure what but um I do like that, you know, she's prevalent. Or um, I love the voice actor. <laughs> no one's going to say they hate Tara Strong. Her, exactly. She's just no so talented in everything she does voice acting-wise. Like, if you want to be a voice actor, Tara Strong is probably one of the people you're just like... She literally almost made her own subgenre of voice acting just on stuff she does. Like, I hold her in the same breath as I hold, like, Chris Sabat, and he voices so many of my favorite anime characters because he does vegeta he does all might he is the voice of yami sukihiro in uh black clover like the man is a lot of my favorite characters and just can't get say enough good things about that as far as the big reveal goes were you happy with the female loki and the job that you saw thus far from sofia demartino uh, I was happy with her portrayal. Uh, she definitely seems uh, like a good counter to him, a good opposite with that. I mean, don't get me wrong, this is my really first time really seeing her, you know, come onto the scene and, and go away with him. So I still hold, you know, Tom Hiddleston in high regard for his Loki and how he, you know, plays his Loki and stuff like that. But I think she's keeping up, you know, well with him and stuff like that. And they have a, a good chemistry. Um, but again, so at that, uh, again, trying to figure out who exactly she is and what she's doing, so at that. And all, honestly, just with the like, I feel like she's she's related to him, but not him. I don't think she's actually Lady Loki or, like, I think she's something else entirely. Because yeah. a lot of people were talking about, like, it, he took the 2014 comic run of Agent of Loki, 
there's a Loki with a broken horn on the same exact spot as Lady Loki, but that Lady Loki in of itself is almost not him, and if you look at the foreign credits for episode two of this show, Lady Loki's name is Sylvie. And if you're a Marvel buff like you are, well, the name Sylvie, and then you add magic on top of it, would have you tend to lean towards which character exactly? Enchantress, or Sylvie uh, Lushton, so that. Um, so again, I, and I think I don't know a whole lot about Enchantress. I know uh, just enough, um, but with her, so that, that, and with the Sylvie character, so that. that uh, I do believe she's a uh, a variant like that, but I think she's like uh, I think she's like a variant like in was Loki's daughter or something to that effect, possibly so that like she has a lot of the same you know mannerisms as him. She's displaying a lot of the same personality traits as him, so like that very self serving so like that, and their their chemistry so like that is just freaking annoyed with each other and i see it just because you know me and my daughter be going at it she's seven we still go at it like you know her so that's just kind of how i see see her so that so i mean she could be enchantress uh which was uh which goes right along with another plot point we'll discuss later on which i'll get into then but uh yeah I, I, we, we can go any way with this right now and i'm just they left such, an, they left such mm -hmm. an open-ended interpretation for a lot of the stuff they have going on that I feel like sometimes the Marvel f theories that fans throw out, Kevin Feige will sometimes like get a hold of them and be like, let's adapt that and adapt that. And they can kind of add on to what they already have going on with their concrete plan. Because, I mean, as far as plans go for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's been Look, so few duds along the way. I need to get paid. So freaking if, if my ideas are taken and I'm not even talking about money so that I want to just just let me go to the red carpet for the movie premiere. I mean if you're fun. saying the red carpet has Kat Dennings or Scarlett Johansson or anything of that nature I mean it's quite possible your boy up I'm just saying you should be able to add like a plus one at that point like some of the red string ideas you've had have been pretty dang close to what we've actually seen in the show so far um with sophia di martino's iteration of female loki there's a, been a theory that's been thrown out that i kind of want to just bounce off you see where you go with it what if sophia di martino's character is basically a reinca reincarnation of loki after he died in Infinity War, so it's basically a future version of Loki, but it's still the same person. Because I mean, it's it's possible, so because Loki has done things in all types of uh, Norse mythology as well as in the comics and stuff like that. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Loki is fluid, so that flu fluid and he can be anything at any point in time. He can be male, you know. He can be female, so that he can be an animal. He you know, again, he he can go from he to she, like real quick, whatever uh, he wants to do. And then also goes to him because when the Asgardians create their offsprings and stuff like that, usually it's it's an offshoot of them or something in relation to them. So it's possible, freaking, if you know he used his magic with it to do something before freaking he was killed or something like that or if it was something set up before we could get another flashback freaking where it's like oh 
well, this is a time where Loki, you know, learned a trick from his mother about how to preserve himself and stuff like that, freaking, because you already saw, you know, different things that Loki can do and stuff like that. It's like, hey, maybe freaking, you know, one of the greatest witches of all showed him how to reincarnate. We already know about witches and reincarnation and stuff like that from, you know, Wanda and freaking Agatha, so that. So it's like, hey, freaking, why not one of the greatest Asgardian witches and stuff like that show him some tricks? Like, it's a very, very prevalent theory because, like, literally all you'd have to do to make that theory factual is when Loki had the Tesseract, a Borg, whatever ship they were when they were fleeing Asgard. And you could just have a little cutaway Loki in his room holding the Tesseract, experimenting with some magic, accidentally or on purpose, depending. For this exercise, be on purpose. He makes a reincarnation, reincarnation of himself x point in time because this loki in that timeline assuming everything stays fluid and it gets reinserted correctly he would know he's gonna die so he'd reincarnate as lady loki and then start all this loop-de-loop around to where he's still alive but like at the same time still dead it's time it's a tricky subject because we can get down to the end of the episode and they can be like he could do something at the end of the episode where he already knows he's going to die because he saw the videos and stuff for movies so he may say he gets a hold of the timekeepers and stuff like that he gets them to do something or he gets access to their, their tech whatever or he's able to do something to reincarnate himself and so like that to to move everything forward and so like that and then creates that look and then basically everything that we saw so far is actually an after effect of what we're gonna see again this is time it can get real wonky real quick and so like that you don't know which way you're going so like that so and this is one of the reasons why i was nervous with marvel doing time like i'm not against it so that but they have to tread very carefully as to how they do time and how they step on things within time because right now they're just doing you know different things in different places like okay freaking you know alter timeline go back and grab these infinity stones stuff like that and you know cleaning up the branch is a good part of you know keeping it clear so like that but again one misstep and stuff like that freaking to the continuity and so like that could throw everything out of whack and stuff like that so but you want to be able to explain it in a way that your viewers understand what's going on you don't want them to have to sit down and Overanalyze everything like certain yeah. companies have done, where it's like, well, if you knew the comics, you would know this. Like, not everyone knows the comics like you do. I very much don't understand a lot of Loki's comics and a lot of his lore. I started reading it because, like, hey, the series is coming out. I feel like it's beneficial information. I feel like I'd rather have a better backstory and a better understanding of what's going on to keep some continuity with the character. Be like, all right, they're pulling from this comic for this, they're pulling from this comic for that. That sort of thing. And you want your viewers who are as average as me or as well-versed as you or Sam or Jeffrey or Tony to be able to understand on the same level and still be ex- able to explain it concretely where you're not sitting there scratching your head and be like, wow, why do I smell burning rubber type thing? You know, you don't want to like overtread your tires and just keep burning everything out, you know. You want it to be a concrete point synopsis. And I absolutely agree. Time travel is one of those wonky things. As long as it fits within the TVA's continuity, technically it's fine. But at the same time, only the timekeepers decide what really continuity matters. And yeah, so I mean, it's all going to come down to that because 
again, with Marvel having control of the property, you know, to do it as they see fit. So, of course, like they, you know, it's their property. So they want to reincarnate it into a different version or tell a different story. They can. We've already seen that with Hela's Wolf, the the Fenris Wolf and stuff like that. That was actually created by Loki. That is actually one of Loki's sons. One of his two sons, and then he has a daughter on top. So freaking with that being said, so that and they used it in a different manner. I'm okay with that. They're telling the story, and I like to see the version, the new version of the story, because it leaves me guessing, it leaves me wondering. I don't want just a, a rehash of the same thing. They can do anything with this. So again, Sylvie, freaking as you call it, what that's what she was in the com in the credits or whatever. It's a Sylvie, whatever yeah. so like that. It's um, just Sylvie. There was no last yeah. name at all. So it's like they she, left she it could open. be she she could be anything right now. That's about that, and that's that's the that's the biggest thing. Is like, okay, they, they gave there's a very generic name in the in the credits. It's about that she's wearing the Loki garb. It's about that freaking, who is she? And be like, oh, she's Mystique, freaking from goddamn X Men. She's just shape shit. Like, I don't fucking know. They could do anything they want right now. So I'm just interested to see where it's going. So that, but I can't put out any super big speculations and stuff until I know just a little bit more. So I'm at the wait. I, I, Probably around episode, like after episode four, I'll have a better idea of where I'm going with it. Yeah, because Marvel will introduce a character, they slow build the character, and then they throw that huge curveball right at the very end that they've oh, yeah. always done. Then you're just like, well, everything I knew is pretty much shit now, so I got to kind of work around that and kind of go with this new grasp and new understanding of what the character's true intent was at this point in time. And if, even if it's just a female variant of Loki at the very minimum, there's going to be a curveball somewhere because Loki is. He's a trickster god. I mean, that's just yeah. what he does. And, like, in Norse mythology, Hela is his daughter. In Marvel, that's his older sister who's kind of a dick. So, I mean, like, they could literally go any which way that they want to with this and make it their own thing. And so far, we've all been loving what Marvel's been doing, so why question them now, you know? But going along with the Lady Loki reveal, we see all these different time bombs go off at the very, very end of the episode. In all, which I thought was interesting, there's about 42 of them. Which, if you notice another prevalent time-traveling movie, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, when they ask what the answer of life was, 42. I thought that was a weird Easter egg in of itself to just kind of casually throw out there. Which, you know... Would you think 42 time bombs equals 42 separate timelines? Or would there be timelines and offshoots and offshoots and offshoots? So, like, 42 um, could end up, like, Well, it, dep it depends. That's why they have to close off the timeline, I think, to keep it from creating another offshoot or another thing. So, that if someone were to go into that new timeline and then branch that timeline by doing something else out of freaking turn or that timeline, like, you got to – it's a constant stack effect. So, like, this Loki freaking – was to do something in the timeline branch and then you know he goes into that branch you know he's in that branch timeline and he does something different than what he's supposed to do and it branches again due to outside interference to say you know female loki sylvie shows up and she does something to branch it again now you can have multiple branches off of a branch and it goes kind of crazy from there but you got to think about where this is going with multiverse and stuff like that what other movie did we watch that came out in 2018 featured the number 42 with multiverse which movie was that? Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales. It's about that. 42 is linked to him. But, you know, and it's through, you know, um, everything that he's done and stuff with Miles Morales. Stuff like that, you know, it's sitting there about the 
key jersey number, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is like, it's a couple things that the number 42 references. So it's like, all right, cool. It's a nice little Easter egg, but is it going to go anywhere? Because you're 42 is Jackie Robinson. So it's like, all right, freaking with Jackie Robinson, 42, freaking that leads back to Miles Morales. So at that, could we be getting Miles Morales? Boss Logic, freaking shout out to him with all his great artwork. He just posted something about Spider-Man freaking uh, Far From Home. And so at that with, and again, it just just artwork is not freaking necessarily the league. It's not freaking, it's just, he's posting some cool freaking pictures and shit. And, I, you know, I like the way they look. But, hey, Miles Morales' foot was in the picture. And so that his, his classic shoe. So it was like, this could be just alluding towards multiversal things and stuff like that. It may not say in particular that these characters are coming or doing anything, but again, the number 42 has always been important with universal travel. So Yeah, for whatever reason, it's always been 42. Like in Infinity War, the inverted strip that Tony used to figure out time travel was called the Mobius Strip. Yes. So you're just like, everything seems to be so concretely tying together. It's like, the dude who thought up this, I mean, it's just next level geek hero at some point in time. Like, I want at the very end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, God forbid that ever does happen, somebody come out and say, like, yeah, this was the mastermind behind it or masterminds behind it. Male, female, I don't care. Either way, genius level intellect in putting together some of the stuff that ties back in so neatly with other stuff. Because we've seen other universes and other companies, like, try and hash things up and it's just a jumbled mess of i don't know what um but with 42 i thought that was very very uh interesting and with the time bombs as Syl sylvie female loki's variant plan were you able to catch some of the names or do you want me to just go off a couple of the different names that uh, i found I, on the list? I, I i looked at a few of them so that but go ahead and start dropping them off because i can't remember off the top of my head but because it goes back in time to holla which is mm -hmm. the kree universe like pre everything you had titan which is you know the planet of thanos and it's pre its destruction it, at that time frame thanos would probably be a younger version of himself he'd still be around but like the planet might still be one thing so like if you fix that that would have a whole effect of itself that was roadie's whole thing remember he was just like we just go back in time and take care of Thanos. Maybe thanos so it's like yeah. done deal um, they go back in time to the planet Ego, because I guess something big happened there. Like, you could change Peter Quill's mom and have a whole different thing going on there. Or keep him from being born altogether if he's a fucking planet, so, you know. Um, they go back to nowhere, which if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, that's where that Celestial was beheaded. Like, you mm -hmm. go back in time and undo that. That could be a thing. Um, they go to Sakaar, which is a huge one because it's 23 years before Hulk shows up and becomes the Grand Masters champion. You could have seen Bill. A, you could have seen Beta Ray Bill, you could have seen Ares, Man Thing, By Beast, or Dark Crawler. Literally, you could introduce any single one of those characters logically in a way that makes perfect sense with the universe you've set up so far and why we haven't seen them, and then reintroduce them in the future and be like, yeah, we were here, we just went and did a thing. Like it was just kind of like how Captain Marvel's like she's always been there but she's not and that would be a great way of introducing those style of characters um xandar and that was pre its war with the kree so that could have some huge effects like i don't know if that's gonna find a way to introduce like the nova Corps or sam alexander or just nova in general 
the old version or the young version. Sam Alexander, you got Richard Ryder, you got options. Like, there's a lot going on there. Um, Jotunheim is another one of them. And Jotunheim, if you're familiar with Norse mythology like you appear to be, that's where Hela was doing her battle and was trapped with the Valkyries. So you could go back in time and end up killing, you know, Black Valkyrie. Instead of killing her girlfriend, it appeared to be, you kill her instead. Boom. Branch effect right there. It changes all Thor Ragnarok going on from there. Um, you also have Niflheim, which is where Loki was born. So you could... Wait, no. Jotunheim and... I got Jotunheim and Niflheim flip-flop, folks. Niflheim is where Hela was. Jotunheim's where Loki was born. And it's pre-Loki. So, like, you could have a lot of different stuff. Like, the war between the Frost Giants and... The people of Asgard went differently because one thing turned sideways. That's a huge branch of itself to keep going. Um, let's see. Yeah, because you said there's 42 points. I mean, it's a lot of shit that was hit, and it's like, like we don't know how this is gonna go. And one goes to Vormir, like a couple years into the, like a couple hundreds years in the future. And Vormir is where the Soul Stone was kept. So I mean, like, these weren't random time bombs. These were pre destined pre-picked plans that she knows if she, she throws a ranch of any kind into that universe the marvel cinematic universe as we know it drastically alters which would perfectly lead up to dr strange the and the universe. multiverse of madness like there are so many different things that these particular time bombs can influence and as long and literally even if these time bombs mean nothing now just saying, if it doesn't. Marvel can still go back and readdress, like, oh, you remember this Easter egg from here? Well, here's this character that offshoot from there. And here's how this character came back from there. And, like, there's so many different things that they can just create a whole new show off of. It's brilliant writing. You've literally, instead of closing up certain things, you've opened up so many different variants and possible topics of conversation for you know, for geeks and to help put out more content, which I'm sure a company like Marvel would love to put out more content because we are rapidly eating that stuff up and absolutely loving everything that's been going on with it. Yep. While we cover the very last bit of this episode, Loki's ultimate, well, penultimate decision to leave the TVA and follow... Sylvie, Lady Loki. How how do you think that was uh, executed? Uh, I think that he freaking went through multiple decisions, and I think he's still making it up as he goes along. So that like he can be helping, or he can be you know hurting the investigation, so to speak. Um, he could be more self-serving, so like that, and you know team up with her to get stuff done, stab her in the back, and do it all himself, so like that, capture her and take her back to the TVA and get his audience so like that freaking like there's a lot of things that you know that can happen with this he can go various different ways but because um as you know bruce banner said loki's brain is like a bag of cats like you don't know what's going on in there and so like that you we literally have to wait to see how it plays out because you know you can't tell what he's going to do and when he's going to do it if he's going to help his brothers or he's going to stab him in the back like it's all up to how he feels at the moment so currently at the moment so that he's just trying to survive 
freaking and you know figure out what he's got to do to make sure that he doesn't get erased so his choice was to follow her and figure out what's going on because ultimately she's still she's still leading to all those decisions she's the key part in all those decisions so he needs to stick with her because like loki is considered the god of mischief but at this point i feel like he should be the god the god of spontaneity he just loves being spontaneous and he literally does whatever the hell he wants whenever the hell he wants it however the hell he wants to and whatever capacity he so chooses it's just usually he has somebody of a god level tier to kind of anchor him down like thanos held him down to a certain extent thor is usually stuck on babysitting duty you have like valkyrie or you have hulk who he's just petrified of but you just have people to keep him in line and now that loki has just escaped the only people probably capable of keeping him in line god of mischief is going to do his thing and it's going to be very interesting in the next couple episodes really delve deep and figure out where they're going to go with this i'm very excited for uh episode three is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to them revealing in episode three uh honestly i just want to know freaking more about freaking this this sylvie I need to know more about her and stuff like that, and I need to know what what Loki's up to. I doubt I'm gonna get freaking you know the latter in the next episode, so like that I don't think it's gonna be down to five or six before I know what his actual intentions are, which I still think he's making up as he goes along. And Sylvie, I think she's just an enigma at this point. So, you know, whatever little bits and pieces I can, freaking maybe he'll get something out of her i mean even if he even if he gets something out of her so that as opposed to just what we got from the credits that'll be more than what i got now so fuck yeah. it i'll run with it yeah for me anyway the one thing i'm just super concerned about is what door they went through and where does that lead and how that will play out because to be someone who's so well versed you can literally pick 42 different spots within the marvel universe and just time bomb the crap out of it if you know that you just committed this heinous crime against the TVA, which we've all seen is exceptionally powerful in terms of Marvel Universe, like using soul stones and all the, all the time stones in general, just literally at, well, Infinity Gems, sorry, as little paperweights, you better have a very, very good way of escaping and getting away from that kind of stuff in general. So I'm just curious what door it goes and where it leads. Because I'm enjoying the ride with Loki so much. I know a lot of you came in with low expectations, but as soon as they announced Tom Hiddleston on the project, I was excited. I got less excited for Owen Wilson, but Sophia DiMartino's also a great actress. I know very little about her, but I like what little I saw in this episode. I'm very much looking forward to episode three. With that, any final thoughts, or you feel like we have succinctly wrapped up Loki episode two? Yep. So, Grown Geeks, be sure to smash that like button smash that subscribe button and ring that little notification bell so you get notified every time we put out piping hot brand new content to the page because we have a lot of stuff in the works and we have a lot of good things coming down the pipe i have been your host brent thank you for putting up with me i know you guys are looking forward to jeff and as always we have the man the myth and the marvel will parker at the top thank you for your time folks Thank you for listening to Grone Geeks on your preferred streaming service. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and YouTube, both under Grone Geeks.